there is a strange empty spot where my car used to be parked right here in front of the rectory where I live but since this morning there is no more car <laughs> I was woken up by a very early phone call of the recycling company um, that I offered my car to telling me that um, 30 minutes later they would be on my doorstep well not on my doorstep but near my house to pick up my old car my trusty old car 22 years old and uh, it's the end of the line so I uh, got into my clothes real quickly uh, had a cup of coffee and then um, went to meet the guy who picked up my car signed the papers and everything and then uh, that was it I am now carless and I'm not planning anytime soon to get a new one uh, and it's just one of the things that feels right at the end of the year to, uh, to leave things behind that I no longer need and to prepare some room, and in this case also financial room, for other plans. And those are the ones that I want to share with you in uh, this episode of The Walk. I am going on a on a nice walk, it's dry, it's no longer raining, that's nice. Yesterday I went for a run and uh, I got soaked again. But at least when it rains, I can feel the water and the cold and I know that I'm alive. <laughs> you hear the bell uh, tolling there of the Protestant church in the center of uh, Benicom. And I'm heading, I'm taking a different route now. Uh, as to avoid the potential uh, groups of kids that may be uh, throwing fireworks. It's, uh, it's <laughs> allowed again this year. Last year we had a, um, a suspension of all, the, uh, of all the rules because of COVID, I think. So they didn't want groups of young people on the streets uh, potentially also infecting one another. <laughs> and so we didn't have any fireworks. Um, fireworks are allowed on the last day of the year between I think officially between um, 11 and 1 a.m. something like that but as you can imagine especially the younger people they tend to uh, forget about those rules that put it mildly and they're also importing a lot of fireworks from Belgium where the rules are uh, much looser and uh, some of that stuff is really dangerous. And I personally really, I am horrified by fireworks. I'm scared of them. Uh, they always startle me. Plus, they're potentially really dangerous. After all, it's just explosives. So you can, uh, especially if, they, uh, uh, if there's an explosion nearby, you can actually get hear hearing loss and all sorts of other problem so I tend to avoid them as much as possible that hence the detour on today's walk ah. but uh, as I said I'm recording this almost before the beginning of the new year it's uh, Friday as I'm recording this Friday morning so tomorrow will be officially the last day of the year I don't know if you're listening to this still in 2022 or if you are already in the future and this podcast is a bit of a DeLorean trip back to back to 2022 what a year it's been um, a year of a mix as usual 
of struggle, hardship, and also blessings and surprises and lessons learned. And the most important thing is, um, of course, at the end of the year, is not just to look back, but to look ahead. Because the past is the past, you cannot change that. But what you can do is trying to learn from what happened and uh, help it, help you to set to help it to, to set the right course for the future. Now, as I mentioned in the last episode of the of the walk, across the road here. Uh, this year, I, I'm going to do things a bit differently. Um, I usually uh, have my uh, my plans for the next year, projects that I want to work on. I have my New Year's resolutions, both personal and business-wise. Um, but this year, I want to focus not on what I'm going to do next year, but who I want to be next year. Who do I want to become? And it's not like has, hasn't necessarily uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that um, it's it's a total reboot and I'm going to be a totally different person. But it is you know which character traits, which habits do I want to emphasize? Are there any new areas in my life that I want to develop in? And most importantly, how am I going to uh, to relate to life, to the people around me, to my work, to God, all those things I would like to uh, discuss. That's a lot, actually. I still don't want to make this a super long walk because usually around this time you're enjoying your winter break, hopefully, um, and there are also lots of other things that require your attention. So uh, what, I, what I'm going to do is to uh, look back at some of the highlights of this year and some of the the, the the lessons that I want to bring into the into the new year and the, the new me or the slightly new me. Uh, first of all, um, th- this this has been a year of transition. Um, it's the first full year that I live in my in my new home, and I, I I'm so grateful every single morning when I wake up to live here and to I I I know I realize. What a privilege it is to have a home and to have a beautiful home. Um, a home that I was able to make very much like my own, my own bag end in a certain way. It's, it's, it's cozy, it's nice, um, it's clean, very important, it's not chaotic. Uh, I have things under control when it comes to... Uh, keeping the house clean and I, everything has its own place it is, I don't think I've ever had um, a, a home where I felt like everything is where it should be and this, and, and this is this is how I want it to be so uh, I'm really grateful for that and also super happy that for this past year um, to be working as an assistant priest in the parishes where the, it's just one parish but, but multiple locations um, people have been so kind, so amazing. Um, and just the other day, I got another example of that kindness of the people around me when um, I was in the middle of recording this, the last episode of The Break, my other podcast. And, uh, and then there was a couple at the door, and I had spoken to them briefly after Mass on... Um, 
on Christmas Eve, and uh, this young woman was from Korea. And so we talked a bit, and I told her that I was actually um, enjoying all the Korean recipes that I came across on TikTok and YouTube. And, and then uh, yesterday, they brought me uh, a, a Korean recipe for, with noodles and Korean soy sauce and uh, rice vinegar. And turned out that they had gone to a Korean store um, to get like the stuff that they would use in Korea, which is very hard to get uh, elsewhere. And then she wrote down this recipe for noodles, um, so cool, cold noodles with a, with, a so, with a soy sugar sauce. And apparently this is a, one of the classic simple dishes. A bit, it's the Korean version of mac and cheese. So this is what kids eat when they are picky eaters. And so it's like one of the staple uh, noodle dishes that everyone in Korea knows and also has a lot of nostalgia about. It's, it's comfort food. And so I was really enjoying uh, the preparation of those noodles. But just the kindness. We have a short conversation and the next day they bring me everything I need to, uh, to learn that recipe. And I've had so many of those uh, encounters and it, it's, it's really, it brightens my, my days uh, and, and my time here. Uh, so on New Year's Eve, I'm going to be also with friends, new friends, or relatively new friends, uh, Bart and Veronique, also part of the Patreon community that supports me. Uh, they live in the town nearby of Ada, and then uh, also Father Eric, who uh, was ordained this year. We're coming together to play a board game, and that's another aspect that has been so... I mean, it, it's just games, but I can't tell you how much it, it is a change of in my life, to have friends to play these board games with, to spend time with, uh, to hang out with. Um, and, and that's true also for my virtual friends, the Patreon community that is, um, I think, much tighter than it has ever been. Um, there's some real friendships in that community. And so just a few weeks ago, we got together for a session, for my first ever session of Dungeons and Dragons. And it was so delightful. It was so much fun. And, uh, and it's not just the game, it's, it's the experience of community. So this is more of a general thing that happened this year. But that has helped me to uh, make room in my life for these social events. I always thought that I was kind of timid and... Uh, very introverted, even though I, I tend to project the total opposite by being a podcaster and being out there on so many social media platforms and on TV. Um, but I always felt a bit awkward in real social encounters. Um, and I always thought that was, that's just who I am. But I'm starting to realize that, well, maybe this is not entirely who I am. <laughs> It's just that in the past, a lot of those social relationships um, were in a certain way tainted by risks, by tensions. Uh, friendship is 
is something that requires a certain, I think, a certain safety and a certain freedom with all the people involved in a friendship. And in the past, most of my contacts were always work-related, whether it was media-wise or uh, for my pastoral work. And a lot of the encounters that I had were also almost always in a, a kind of uneven situation where... Um, uh, you know, for, for instance, my bishop, he's, he's my boss also. And so he, he can thwart my plans if he wants to. Um, and I've also uh, had quite a few occasions where I was sorely disappointed in, in people that I thought were my friends, but actually turned out to be, well, I wouldn't say enemies, but definitely people that uh, had a level of toxicity. Um, and so stepping back from toxic people in my life and gathering new friends around me and spending quality time, it, it's just so healing for all the kind of social awkwardness that I experienced in the past. And, uh, and so here's to more of that in 2023. I would really love to... Uh, to, to create more occasions and to, to, to invest time in being with friends. One of the things that I hope to do is to um, connect and better connect with all the people that I, that I encounter on, on fantasy fairs and uh, like Comic-Con. Uh, I've always I enjoyed the company of these people and yet... It was something more on the fringe of my existence because I, I always said, told myself, I'm too busy for that. I cannot become a member of the, of the 501st Stormtrooper <laughs> Club and make my own costumes because, well, you know what? That's just play and I need to be productive. And, well, if there's one thing that I've learned this year is, and, and also, despite myself especially the last months, I've been plagued with, uh, with fatigue, um, after effects, absolutely, of, uh, of COVID. But also, the price I'm paying for being always working and not wanting to be lazy and, uh, and relegating the, 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 the things that feed me and that give me energy to the sidelines because I feel, well, it's not important. This year... I learned a super important lesson that these connections, these friendships, and spending time with friends is what makes me feel alive, that what's, what motivates me, what gives me joy. And joy, joy is energy, joy is creativity, joy is what feeds me and what, and what makes me want to go out there and do stuff. If you just focus on I'm trying to do as much as possible because somewhere deep down inside of me there is a there is a a child uh, like my younger self who thinks that he needs that external validation instead of, of instead of knowing his own self worth. Um, now that I now that I realize that, I notice that. You know, those defense mechanisms of, of just working, working, working and trying to uh, 
to just be by myself because I, I, that feels safe, that that is no longer necessary. And I, I see the, the upside of opening my world uh, and opening myself up to, to the world. Now, in the beginning of the year, I had a couple of, uh, of really cool encounters um, that already marked the beginning of that new way of interacting with people around me. Um, I, I went to Rome for the canonization of a Dutch saint, Titus Bransma, who was a priest like me, uh, a member of the Carmelite, Carmelite order, who um, was, like me, working in the media as a journalist, as a writer, as a columnist, and also as a bit of, you could, you could say, an entrepreneur. He was very driven uh, to help the Catholic community in my country to, um, to speak up and to, um, to, to, to participate in, in, in the politics, in the world, at a time where that was super important because it was the rise of the Nazis and ultimately also um, the, the takeover of our country by the Germans. And he stood up for the truth and he encouraged journalists and newspapers not to, uh, not to go along with, those, with that fascism and everything. And he ended up sacrificing his life for that cause because he was uh, arrested, deported and died in a concentration camp. He was canonized earlier this year and I was there, as you know, and uh, normally I would, I would just book a flight in a small hotel or a B&B, and, and that would be it. This time, I went with a couple of parishioners, and uh, they wanted me to tag along with them or invited me to tag along with them, which means that for the entire week, I was in their company, and, uh, <laughs> and that was awesome. It was so cool to be in Rome with friends with other people um, and we did because you are with other people you you do more than you would normally do when you're alone um, there's, there's automatically uh, a lot of time reserved for social interaction for going to a restaurant uh, going for a walk visiting a museum all that um, having that communal experience of Rome was in, in a certain way a game changer I love Rome but it's always been me in Rome. And then every once in a while, of course, I would meet people or interview them. But it was, again, so often work-related. And this was just going to Rome with friends. And I had a blast. Um, and then immediately afterwards, I had, there was one day in between that trip and my next trip, I went to the United States and stayed with Rob Cabasco. Um, and his family, and we went together with a couple of other friends to the Star Wars celebration in Anaheim. And what a blast it was. What a, oh, so incredible those, and not just the Star Wars event, but just being there and ha being, having so much time to talk with Rob, who was super generous with his time, and uh, making plans and brainstorming and geeking out. Um, again, I, I, I spend the entire time in Anaheim with people that 
beforehand I'd never met. And there is something so cool about that. And you, there was just the bonding that you get by having this shared passion for Star Wars and, and also experiencing the kind of the joy and the thrill of, of the sessions and, and hearing the news and seeing uh, your favorite actors and composers and directors. Um, and I, I also encountered for the first time a number of you, of, of my listeners, of my community, that also were there. And that too was so heartwarming and I don't know, it was just two weeks of pure happiness. Um, and then when I came back, I took time to rest a little bit because it was really um, a long, it's like three weeks that you're not at home. So it felt good to be home again. And then um, that was a, when spring started to to um, take over the weather. And it was a really warm, nice springtime. I spent so many days walking. I was training for... Um, the walk of the world which was supposed to be this four-day walking event where i um <laughs> volunteered to walk 50 kilometers per day for four days thinking that that was a good idea well turns out that when i was finally ready and the event happened uh, they had to reduce it to three days because of a heat wave and so that saved me Barely, because it turns out that I had not trained enough. Um, I was wearing the wrong shoes. I, I thought that I would just wear my walking boots that carried me all the way to Santiago. The same ones that I also uh, wore, I think, was it three? Before COVID, like two or three years ago, when I first walked that same you know, four-day event... But then I did 40 kilometers, and this time I did 50. And uh, it was super painful. I really uh, underestimated the, um, the extra stress that those 10 extra kilometers per day would put on me. Um, but that was another lesson learned. It was still really cool to be there with a couple of friends and to, I was staying with a, in a Jesuit house. Um, got to meet a couple of young priests that were also studying, or not studying, but living there. Some of them were studying, I think. Um, so someone from India, from Indonesia, uh, someone from Poland, and another priest from, where was he from? Uh, I forgot. <laughs> anyway, that <laughs> was really cool. And uh, th- that was a, a good well, one of the lessons learned during that event uh, was, for me, that I, um, I, I, I wanted too much. I wanted to, some, for some reason, wanted to prove myself that, yeah, I may be 54 years old, but I'm still young. I, I still have energy. I will walk 50 kilometers per day because that's what the young people do. <sighs> Why? It's just, I think, a remnant of that idea that I always have to go over and beyond uh, what is required. And, and, and so I couldn't enjoy it anymore. I was just suffering for three days and it was not fun. So let's not do that again next year.
well, I'm going to all walk. I'm going to participate in a walk of the world, but why? Why would I do 50 kilometers? It's exactly the same experience, but just less suffering. Um, then also, this past year, one of the big changes in, in my professional life is uh, that I didn't have to work for TV anymore, as you know. Um, and I still somehow, for half of the year, was a bit in a, in a process of mourning and thinking, well, maybe the, there's, there will be some work in the second half of the year. So I was on standby. And at the same time, I had lots of dreams about deadlines and uh, reminding me, I think, that it wasn't all fun. What I liked about documentary making was that it gave me a reason to go out, to travel, to meet people, and to learn, to learn about history, to learn about projects that people were undertaking. And that is what drove me. Not that it was a job, not that I had these stringent deadlines and always this insecurity. Is it good enough? Can I make it? Uh, <laughs> and, um, and so towards the second half of the year, I realized, and it was also communicated to me, that, uh, yeah, this is not coming back anytime soon. I may do something in the future, but I al already decided that if I make television programs next year, I want to do it because I enjoy it. I want to finish it first and then offer it to them and see if they want to air it. But no longer do I want to be bound by a contract that forces me to do these, to make these programs. Um, because then it, it loses its sparkle. It becomes a, uh, an obligation. It becomes work. And, and too much work kills joy. <laughs> that is absolutely my conviction. It's what I've experienced a lot this year. Because once I didn't have the TV work anymore, plus the income that came from there, that's when panic started to take over. Um, this was maybe the hardest thing to come to terms with. It was this anxiety, this very deep-rooted anxiety that... I wasn't good enough anymore, and also uh, everything would collapse. I would never be able to pay the bills anymore, and uh, um, I would. Since right now, this year, I'm completely 100% dependent on the patrons, um, which is a wonderful community, but it's not covering all the costs. Um, and so, being in a situation where it's literally up to all these people that listen to my podcasts, um, I felt that I needed to prove to them that I was worth their contribution, their monthly donation. Even if it was just $2.50, I wanted to give something in return. And so that's how I started to just have this explosion of, of stuff that I would do. Um, started with TikTok and then I... That, that was super successful and wonderful, but also it became more pressure because TikTok is super fleeting as a medium. Uh, it's just these very short videos that took a long time to make, like more than a day uh, very often. 
And then, of course, they would find an audience, and it's wonderful, and I, I enjoyed making them up until the moment that I didn't enjoy it anymore because it became a chore, and it was like, oh, oh my gosh, they're so... It's like an unending thing, and it somehow also didn't give me the same satisfaction as, as making a documentary. Um, it's like the difference between writing blog posts or social media posts and writing a book. It's the same process. You write down a story, you share it. But in one, in one case, the social media stuff and the blogs, you get instant gratification. You see how many people have read it, you get likes, you may get some comments, and then it's gone. And people move on. They swipe up and it's the next video that takes over. If you write a book... In many cases, there is super delayed gratification. You're working on it for a year, and, and then it's a book. So it's not going to reach tens of thousands of people. Most books don't. There's a very, very small percentage of books that uh, may be successful. But most books... Hey, doggy. Hey. <laughs> and here we go again. Another happy dog. <laughs> Hello. It's so funny. All these dogs are so elated that I'm podcasting. <laughs> um, so for books as well, you, you may actually sell a, a few dozens of books if you're self-publishing or, or maybe a couple of hundred books. And that is considered to be quite good. Um, but you've written a book. It's something that will be there. For, it's, it's something that stays. Something that can be rediscovered over time. Or continue to gather uh, readers. Plus, the process itself is, is more formative. Because telling a big story challenges you on a different level than producing just very short blurbs that are here today, gone tomorrow. Now, of course, ultimately, everything that we do in life is here today and gone tomorrow, even books, even documentaries. But um, I came to the conclusion that I wanted to focus more on these bigger projects, not because it's to somehow make my comeback on TV or uh, generating extra income and all that, but because... I enjoy the process. It gives me joy. It's a creative um, process that is much more gratifying and, pu- and pushes me and challenges me much more than, than just doing TikToks and YouTubes. Plus, one of the big differences is uh, in, in a lot of the short-form content, I am reactive. So I'm reacting, I'm commenting on other people's work, which, you know, is... It's interesting, it's fun. It's like chatting with friends about uh, what you like and, and, and your passion. Star Wars, same thing. I love that. But with documentaries and long-form content, I'm really creating something. I am telling a story. You make something completely new. And, and that is different. So what I, what I want to do, plus... You know, it's, I feel it's less work. I can just be curious. 
and I happen to have a camera with me. But this is what I learned from those trips to Rome and to Anaheim, to the United States. I was just having these amazing conversations and being uh, a documentary maker um, helped me to connect with people and to ask questions that I would never ask in in just a one-on-one fan conversation. And so, um, and it it brought back the joy. I loved doing it. It also, I think, made me realize that there are aspects of filming and storytelling that I like and aspects that I, you know, I can do it, but it's not my forte, like editing. And so that's another thing that, uh, uh, and with the help also of the advisory board of Tridio, I've decided for next year is let me focus on what I do best and let's get help and invest in the help of other people to do the stuff that I'm not that good in, or at least not very quick at doing because editing is super time consuming and again I was I was almost always telling myself uh, for months that well no I cannot hire an editor to do that we don't have money for that we're already upside down (laughs) I, I need to do everything myself but if you try to do too much if you try to I just watched the movie um everything everywhere all at once and it, it part of that story it's a wacky movie but i think part of what that story is trying to convey is that if you try to do everything and experience everything every single potential potential uh it, it's it's overloading you and it's destroying you and the world around you and it's better to stick with the few things in life that really give you joy and make you feel happy and, and, and where you can mean something for, to other people. And, uh, and that's enough. So I'm going to focus on being enough and to let my curiosity, my joy be my guide. Whatever gives me joy um, and helps me to, to do what I do best I want to focus on that. I want to be curious again. I love filming. Let me be a filmmaker. Um, and the, the, the parts that I don't enjoy, but that are a necessary part of the mix, let's just find people who can do that. Um, because for other people, that may be their joy. That may be something they love to do. And I believe, I firmly believe, that if I focus on that, it will and the energy and the joy uh, continues to flow like it has been um, many times this year, I, I think that all the rest, all the other issues will, will solve themselves. I have no doubt about it, even the financial and the organizational ones. And then what about TikTok? Well, as much as I love making these short videos and uh, as much... It has been a major success and will probably continue to be a success if I continue like this in terms of reach. It's only that. It's reach. It doesn't say much about all the other values. And the worth of what I do is not just determined by how successful it is. It's a part of the... You can be super successful. Like I see a lot of people, um, like content creators on, on social media, on YouTube... And they get burned out. 
because they're giving, 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 giving. They don't think about why they do that and what feeds them. And, you know, the other values that you need in your life to, to find balance. Uh, you cannot give what you haven't received. And um, in my case, uh, uh, towards the end of the year, I, I just felt that I was done in a certain way. I, was, I had uh, invested so much energy in um, processing. Uh, this also has to do with the, the personal uh, th- things that were happening, what were happening in the family, personal sphere um, that I uh, shared a bit with you. Um, it, it just cost, costs a lot of energy to think about the, about what happened and to process trauma, etc., etc. Et um, and so I felt towards the end of the year that I, I couldn't do much anymore. So I focused on what is truly important, what gives me energy. It's doing this, recording an episode of The Walk and just chatting and sharing. Uh, I love podcasting, especially the break, because it's such a eclectic formula. And I can just talk about stuff that I love. You know, I, it, that always brings me joy. Lego, you know, doing these Lego sessions where I'm just sitting there and building something and chatting, answering questions. No pressure whatsoever to be successful or to reach a big audience. It was just super simple sharing fun, sharing joy, being creative. And then, and, and, and then I didn't do anything else. I've strongly resisted the urge to go in this end of the year frenzy where I felt like, oh, maybe you, you know what I mean if you think about times that you go on vacation and then like a week before your vacation, your journey starts, you're like, oh my gosh, I still have so much to do. And you, you make this super long to-do list, all the administration that you forgot about. And then up until the last minute before you, you leave on vacation, it's this total panic of stuff that you wanted to do. Well, that's a little bit how in the past I would act at the end of the year. Um, and so I had a conversation with the advisory board about this and I said... Uh, Hey, I, I feel like the, my body's telling me that uh, I've overextended myself. I, I need some time. I need some time off. And then they said, well, well, don't you take time off? And I was like, well, yeah, but I made this commitment to make these podcasts and I can't. I can't take a break. People are going to miss me. And the board reacted like, well, why don't you just try it? We don't think that anybody is going to tell you that you shouldn't take a break and they know you they follow you why don't you just do this and so I did I I decided that after Christmas I would take a break I don't know uh, how long I will need but I'm going to take a few weeks off and um, and I'm I'm going to try to stay away from everything that gives me stress um, that doesn't, of course, mean that I won't podcast and I, because that, that gives me joy. But I will create maybe uh, simpler shows for a while uh, because the community itself feeds me. 
um, and brings me joy. But I'm not going to stress about big projects. This is why I, at the beginning of this walk, I, I told you that I wanted to focus on who do you want to be instead of what do you want to do. And so my big New Year's resolution for 2023 is to focus on what brings joy and what spreads joy and to let go of everything that gave me external validation in the past. If that is my motivation, just validation or reward in a certain way, assurance that financially I'll survive, etc., etc., all that is part of a type of lifestyle that I no longer choose. And I think ultimately this also has very deep connections with a life of faith where Jesus himself tells his followers, and I hope that I'm one of them, to not worry, to not, to not stress about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to do, but to learn from the birds and the, and the, the flowers that none of that is necessary because God takes care of them. So you are much more valuable than flowers or birds. So why, why would you spend your life stressing about, about all those external things? You're going to be all right as long as you ask yourself every morning, what is my vocation right now? And I feel that my vocation is and has always been to bring joy to people. But you cannot give what you don't receive. Hence, focusing on joy and not on doing stuff. And I already know from experience in the past few weeks that I deliberately stepped away from all those stressful thoughts that I had to somehow come up with a huge plan for the months to come. Um, I'm starting to just enjoy simple things like Lego or playing a video game and wasting time. That's how I would formulate it in the past. You know, wasting time is actually, is, it just means doing things that may not be useful, productive, and acknowledging that life is about more than that sort of stuff. That just spending time on things that you love and that brings you, gives you joy or rest your mind, all that is just as important as the productive stuff. And it's within that empty space that creativity is born again. You get new ideas and you, at one point, it starts to bubble again. It starts to itch and I, ah, I want to go out and I, I'm going to do something, you know. But it's out of this sense of adventure and not duty. It's like Bilbo, who, when he's first contracted by the dwarves and sees that contract, he just... For him, I think it's a symbol of what he's been doing for most of his life, which was, oh, my, my friends are there. What a good timing. Um, it, for, for Bilbo, it's his old life where everything was regulated by social conventions and what everybody expected of him. And then in the morning, when he wakes up and he sees that the dwarves are, are gone... That's when he realizes, I want to be someone else. So he jumps out and he runs after them. And he says, I'm going on an adventure. And you see a liberated 
Bilbo, instead of the dutiful, like, I have to please all the people in the Shire, he doesn't care anymore. And he knows that his future, his job, his vocation is to, to be a friend, to be a companion. And that's what I'm choosing this year, uh, or in 2023. That's what I wanted to share with you. Um, it's, it's an incomplete overview of, uh, of the things that brought me light and joy. But I have friends to attend to. And uh, I just want to, since we're here, I want to introduce you. Hello, Robert. <laughs> yeah. Liz, hello. Um, so, uh, Michiel and Liz came all the way from Germany, Germany, but that's not where you live. Nope. Uh, you're normally in England, somewhere north of uh, London, middle, right? Middle England, in Leicester. Leicester. Slightly east of Birmingham. Yes. Yeah. But you were actually, well, not in the neighborhood, but you were in Germany for a kind of sad occasion because yes. your father died unexpectedly died unexpectedly yeah, after a fall yeah and we were here for the funeral right so the funeral was a couple of days ago uh, the funeral the funeral mass was last thursday and the funeral itself was friday yeah so those have been tough days and yes. and so you you messaged me the other day like i i need to get out of this just for a day let can i visit you and of course i i was like oh by all means it's going to be such a joy Exactly, fellow geeks, <laughs> and we are we are also helping each other almost every night in Valheim, building Viking cities and stuff. And you're an expert in gardening, in virtual gardening. Not just virtual, <laughs> <laughs> and not just virtual because yes, <laughs> these people have so many talents. But it's it's going to be an awesome day. I'm so happy that you're here. Um, so, dear listeners. Um, this is what it's all about. It's having friends and spending time together and support each other in good times and also in sad times. And there is also, there's always a bit of joy in sad times and there's always a bit of sadness in our, in our joyful times. But uh, this is what I wish for you too. Have a wonderful 2023. I'll be back before you know it. And um, whether we talk in real life, like right now with Michiel or Liz or when I'm streaming live or you're just listening to the podcast, know that you have a special place in my heart. I'm so grateful for your friendship and for your support. Have a blessed end of the year and an even more blessed 2023. Take care.